Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Okay, you guys, we are going to continue this conversation. Uh, we are going to come to you, and we're going to give you the top 13 um, 
ways on becoming your own profit in the nonprofit and volunteering space. Okay, so a lot of people, well, a lot of you already know that I am in the nonprofit space, right? And so we all know that in the nonprofit space, we need volunteers, 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 volunteers. Um, and so we're going to continue this conversation and talk about, um, you know, the title of the room, Becoming Your Own Profit, right? But we're going to just put a little spin on it, right? Tamara talked about being a visionary leader in her segment. Uh, she talked about seeing vision. She talked about activating vision, right? Um, and as a nonprofit founder, I have to be a visionary leader, right? Uh, many people in the nonprofit space have to be a visionary leader. And we have to be able to share our vision for the organization, right? My nonprofit, uh, the link is pinned at the top, but it's called Inspiring Youths on a Mission to Success. It's also in my bio. Uh, you can read all about what we're doing in the bio. Uh, what we do is we mentor the youth and young adults, 13 through 25 years old. Uh, we want them to have a successful life. We want them to not have to, uh, you know, come out of school and uh, trying to figure stuff out, right? Because the world is forever changing. It is forever changing. So we mentor uh, 13 through 25 years old, middle school, high school, college age students. And we just want them to get and be on the right track in life, right? And um, what we found, the reason why I started this nonprofit is because um, as I was retiring from the military, um, in my home state, South Carolina, I was born and raised in Georgetown, South Carolina, but in my home state, there were there are a lot of youth and young adults that, you know, they get caught up in the circle, right? And they would graduate high school and they would, they won't do anything. They would just stay at home uh, and the parents weren't like pushing them. So they would graduate and they would fall into the circle of staying at home and, and not continuing their, their education and not going to the military and not just aren't doing anything but going to work. Well, going to work, nothing, there's nothing wrong with going to work. But there's so much more out there for them to explore. And a lot of them have talents that are not being seen, right? And so um, as I was exiting, retiring from the military, I got this vision to start this nonprofit uh, in, my, in the state of South Carolina, my home state. I'm giving back to my home state. And um, that was 2016. It was registered in the state of South Carolina. And I did not, you know, immediately jump into it then. But um, I was, you know, picking it up and putting it down and picking it up and putting it down. And then 2000, I'm just kind of giving you a backstory. Um, 2019 is when we started having a lot of youth suicides, youth homicides. A lot of things were happening to the youth in the state of South Carolina and in, particularly in my, home, in my hometown. And I heard God say, I heard God say, it's time, it's time. And so I picked it up and I just started working on it and I did not stop this time. So uh, our first on-ground event was in 2020. Uh, we are now doing yearly events every January, the last Saturday in January, uh, yearly events, uh, mentoring events for the youth. And um, it has been a success ever since we started. And that's how I know that this is my calling and so what we're going to do is we are actually going to give you all the top 13 um the top 13 lists on becoming your own profit but i wanted to kind of give you all a, a backstory of how uh the nonprofit got started and uh where we're going with the nonprofit because uh, our goal is to reach the youth at a young age and to provide the necessary go tools to prepare 
and equip them for success as they embark on a new journey in the next chapter of their lives after grade school to the college of their choice, to the military, uh, their entrepreneurial endeavors, or other career opportunities. Our mission is to mentor them so that they will develop healthy habits and healthy mindsets to live a successful life. We don't want them to like just sit around and do nothing, right? Uh, we want them to do something with their lives. And so I brought on many mentors. I have a lot of mentors. Um, well, about six mentors. They're all military background, um, financial background. I, we have a, um, a psychiatrist um, in, in the group as well. And we are doing some big things. And I have recently teamed up with Dora and TM, and we are actually planning a retreat in July. More to come for that. You'll see that in the link as well. Um, in Atlanta, because they are also in the nonprofit, in the in the youth space, mentoring the youth. And so, uh, as of right now, we have two events that we're going to do every year: January um, and July. So more to follow on that, but just keep following us. You'll hear more things. So we're going to get started on our top thirteen list. Okay. So I'm going to actually do the first five, and then I'm going to pass it on. Uh, I'm going to do the first four, and then I'm going to pass it on to uh, Dora or Mary Lynn, whichever one grabs the mic next. Okay, but we're going to flow with this. And so I'll, the first thing that I want to talk about um, in, the, in the list of 13 on becoming your own profit in the nonprofit and volunteering space, and y'all know in nonprofits, we need volunteers. Volunteers are critical in nonprofits. We cannot do uh, the job without volunteers and so in my nonprofit is strictly volunteers no payment our payment is to see these youth uh get successful or be successful in life that's the ultimate payment for us right for them to be successful and get out there and do what they have to do in order to have uh in order to thrive in order to have a successful life okay so the first one on the lift list is to be coachable and you know what? These can go for adults too, not just using young adults. We all have to be coachable, right? Um, coachable and teachable. Um, you know, without that, how are we going to, you know, if we're, if we're not coachable, if we're not teachable, how are we going to, you know, to be successful in life, right? We have to learn how to take advice uh, from others. We have to know how to uh, take constructive criticism and we have to know how to take those things uh, from from people and um, and just keep moving and, and do what we have to do to be successful. We don't know everything. I don't know everything. I don't know if you know everything, but I don't know everything. So I am definitely coachable. I am always a student and I always open to learn, which takes me to my next point. Be open to learn and listen. Right. Always be a student always be learning. Um, like I said, I don't know everything, right? And we get lots of book titles in this room. Um, you can always go back and listen to many of the segments in here. And I can guarantee you in every single segment, there is at least one book mentioned. And also if you have the planner, the, the planner from the morning5.com, Glenn Lundy's uh, ebook, there's a book that we read every single month. And so those books, you know, by reading, we're also learning as well. So we're learning from other people and we're learning from, um, from, um, from, from books and other things that we read. And so 
for the youth and young adults, they definitely have to be coachable. They definitely have to be open to learn and listen to others in order for them to thrive and be successful in life, right? Uh, we've already been, most of us have already been, well, we, all of us have already been where they are. And so we have life lessons that we can actually, you know, share with them and help them to stay on track in life. They have to be willing to listen and they have to be willing to take the advices that we give them and, um, and, and, you know, so that they can stay on track with what they need to do. So very important. They have to be willing and able to be coachable and open to learn and listen. The next one is being able to see the needs of others in order for us to be leaders and visionary leaders in our organizations. Um, we have to be able to see the needs of others. When I started the nonprofit, I saw that there was a need in my hometown, in my, in my home state. This, I mean, this it's overall, it's just not my hometown. This, this is like an overall thing, right? Um, I saw the need. I saw that there were, you know, a lot of the youth did not have the mentor, the mentorship that they needed, right? Uh, many of them are in single parent homes and not to say that single parents can't, you know, can't do the job. Single parents do a fantastic job, but a lot of them are in single parents' homes, and a lot of them need that. And, and a lot of them are with their their moms, but a lot of them need that male mentor uh, in the house, in the home. And so that's what a lot of them were missing and are still missing. And so I see that I saw a need. And so most of right now we're mentoring mostly males, right now. And so we have to be able to recognize what people need, uh, see what people need and, uh, try to fill, fill in the gap for them, give them some advice, uh, to lead them in the right direction. Uh, sit down and talk to them. A lot of them just need people, you know, to talk to, um, so that they can, you know, air out what they need to air out. Right. And, um, and then get advice back as far as, okay, what they need to do and, and what direction that they need to go in. Right. And so the last one for me is to be flexible, be flexible. Um, many of us, you know, a lot of us are, 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 you know, running, 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 Renee, not Renee, Ramon talked about, um, us constantly running, 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 right. Um, we have to be able to slow down, right. And be flexible as needed. So we have a lot of youth in our organization, right. And so at any time, you know, at any moment, those, one of those youth or, or many of those youth can can reach out. And if I'm extremely busy, busy, busy doing my own thing, and I can't stop doing what I need to pay attention to what, what they need, then something is wrong, right? Something is definitely wrong. And so I have to be, I have to be flexible and be able to stop what I'm doing when one of these youth needs my attention in the organization. And so, um, Pretty much that's what I have to share for my first four points. And I'm going to actually pass it on to uh, one of my fantastic co-mods. Thank you, Christina, for um, talking about mentorship, because I definitely wanted to, I wanted to really harp in a little bit more on that. Um, when we look at the mentorship process, um, we, we always think, oh, we, we are the older people, so we're going to be mentors. Part of it is that you should also have a men you should also be a mentee. So you should also seek out a mentor, right? So if you are 
being mentored by someone who doesn't have a mentor, how will you know, how do you know that they're growing as well? And how do you know that they're staying up to date with, you know, the skills of, of mentoring others, right? If they're not in that, in that mode as well. So that's something else that I wanted to, to talk to. Um, it's great to be a mentor. Um, and being a mentor doesn't mean you boss somebody around and tell them what you want them to do. Um, it's more helping to ask the questions that helps them to explore that. Um, so when you are a mentee, the onus is on you to really ask those questions. But when you're a mentor and you're starting out with youth, sometimes you have to kind of like chaperone them a little bit in that space in the asking question part, not in the answering part so that they derive their own answers. Um, another piece of the nonprofit space or the volunteering space is that you need to be remarkable. You need to be the rock star that you are. You need to super shine. You have to be the sunshine in your own day. You got to bring your own sunshine, right? And it doesn't matter what life is throwing at you. And if these two years haven't prepared you for that statement, I don't know what other best training there could have been. But these past two years, hopefully, have taught the youth to bring their own sunshine, right? Because there were unexpected, you know, things that were getting thrown. And I think we're, we're in for a little bit of a ride, right? Like the impact of these last two years is going to last a little bit. It's not going to be like blink tomorrow. Everything is going to be awesome. No, but you got to bring your own awesome. You got to, you got to make the best out of what is out there. And, and I think that's one of the things that I value most about, you know, having, you know, parents that, you know, came from nothing because we all came from, we had nothing. So we had to build it. We had to build it from very young. We had to be resourceful when we didn't have something for a science project. We had to build it from scratch. Like I remember my volcano um, experiment and it was, it was funny because I didn't buy the kit. Everybody else had a kit that they bought. I couldn't do that. And so we had to create it ourselves. And so my dad had cement in the back and I think I was the only kid that came in with like a cement volcano using like baking soda for the, the thing. And I didn't have the kit. Like we had to be resourceful. We had to figure things out as we went. So bring your own sunshine, like be that remarkable person that you are in your own right. And don't let like, um, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Maya Angelou. It's like, nothing can dim the light that shines from within. So shine brightly, right? Like, and I added that last part, uh, but yes, it's being remarkable and then build your personal brand so that it matches on and off social media. A lot of times people are living the highlight reel and I do a lot of workshops with youth on that, on building their, their personal brand and, and helping them to understand that when you're on social media, when you are on the internet, your, your reputation supersedes even while you're sleeping, like all of the things you put, you can't just go back and delete it, right? You can't go back and delete what you're trying to do or say. You can't just go back because everything lives forever on the internet. Like someone will like go to um, way the Wayback Machine, like just Google that and you'll be able to look up any old website and it'll it'll scare you for some websites of how they began. So go to the FedEx site. That one is my favorite <laughs> um, where people just, you know, put some colors together and they see how it goes. Um, but again, you want to make sure that whatever footprint you have on this planet, on this earth, whether it's in person, whether it's digital, whether it's what, however medium exists after 
you know, this talk today, whatever that is, whether it's 3D, 2D, 1D, 4D, whatever, that it is something that is kind, that is human, and that it, you're extending that, that just being a decent human being supersedes what your reputation is, right? Like, that's what you want um, your reputation to be, not like this horrific person. And hopefully, you know, you're, you're imparting that wisdom onto the youth around you. So they're not going to sleep and 24 hours a day living off of this highlight reel where, yeah, you know what? That team, well, let's say Marvin's son, right? He just won the sports day. That's amazing. And you know what? That is becoming your own profit because he knows how to win. He knows it's possible. But what happened to that other team? They also learned. They learned that they gave it their best and they didn't come into the winning circle. But you know what? They showed up. They didn't forfeit. They didn't give up. They showed up and they played and they did the best that they could. But you know what? That team, my money's on that team next year because they're going to come ready. They're going to come ready to win because they already know what it is to lose. But when you don't know how to win and you don't know how to lose, you're going in there blind. So you have to come in being the best that you can be, be that remarkable person and build your brand so that it matches on and off. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Social media. And my last point that I'll make so that we can segue into Mary Lynn's points is this whole conversation about nonprofits, right? Um, and even recruiting and, and things like that that we talk about, right? But a nonprofit does not mean or does not equal no profits, right? So I've been part of some organizations that have started from scratch and the intent was for them not to have zero money. The intent was to raise money. The intent was to have money come in that pretty much covered all of the expenses so that they can carry out their mission. So when you have a nonprofit in your area, I, I, I do tell you, do your due diligence. Absolutely, 100% all day, every day. Do your due diligence because some, you know, if you go to, um, I think it's the star, I forgot the Navstar, uh, you can look up these nonprofits 990 forms, right? They're tax forms. And you can see what they're viably doing and their reports and everything. You know what they're spending their money on. And, you know, I, I know that we have a, a lot of talk on this stage about auditing your network and auditing your calendar and auditing your finances. Well, this is an audit of their finances and you can see where their footprint is. And if it's something that doesn't jive with you, then don't support them. But there are reputable nonprofits. Some of them are very local. And I think they're 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 doing awesome work locally in the community. Just because they're not national does not take anything away from them. Uh, but look into that because at the end of the day, you can donate your time. You can donate resources. You can connect them to resources. And that's just as good as your time and as donating because some of us can't donate and then we're going we're going into a period where a lot of people are going to be tightening their 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 little uh, belts and wallets 
but this is an opportunity also for us to be resourceful. How else can we help those in the community that are doing that good work, that have the time, the expertise, more importantly, to do the work? Because not everyone is set out to be that mentor. Or, you know, there's some people, in, especially in, in my family, like they do not have the, pa the patience for for you know youth they just don't they they were a child once and they didn't even like it when they were a kid so they just don't want to deal with young people um or and then you have people who love kids so again not everyone is cut out to be that involved with a lot of and i'm just talking about youth but there's nonprofits that deal with all sorts of things um and there's places like if we look at you know the march of dimes or if we look at uh the avon walk or the Revlon walk or the, the breast cancer walks, et cetera, or even now in May, we have the AIDS walk, right? So all of these organizations are raising money for something. And some of them are viable. Some of them are, you know, not organized well. Go with what jives with you, but definitely, you know, give back where you can. And with that, I'm going to pass over to Mary Lynn to talk a little bit about the, that particular space and, and her, her spin on where she sees it from her perspective. Go ahead, Mary Lynn. Thank you guys. Good morning. And then after that, we are going to open the floor up and we'll, you know, have time for some people to chime in too. But I just wanted to give a quick background why I am coming to you as an expert in this area is I've been involved in nonprofit for 21 years, but 11 years with the organization I'm with now. It's called the St. Pete Glitter Queens and I'm the entertainment director. But um, we started out just moms at a school who used to do fundraising for the school. And then our kids graduated and we're like, wait a minute, we have nine years of experience because our kids went to the same school from kindergarten to eighth grade of raising funds and like knocking it out of the park. Now, what are we going to do? And we thought, you know, let's give back to the community. So we started a social crew with a giving heart. And what we do is we, we pick a local um, nonprofit every year to sponsor. So I'll tell you a little bit about that while I'm talking and give examples um, on my points. I'll relate it to what we're doing because we are very successful and we are very popular. So the first thing is recruiting the right people into your organization. It matters who you know you you recruit in because you don't want people coming in to get discouraged. We meet once a month. Um, we buckle down for our meetings. And then we have an annual gala. We don't want to recruit people who think that this is going to be something they get to do every week and they're going to be out and about. We've made a conscious decision because a lot of people work to have meetings on the first Thursday of every month. Um, somebody who can commit to those meetings, that's important. So you want to be really clear when you're recruiting the people and, hey, and guess what? When we have our ball, we wear a uniform. And hey, the night of the ball, it's not just socialization. We are actually working. I never sit down for the dinner at the ball. Um, we have a very, you know, we have some bylines. We have colors. We have, you know, things that we represent. And so when you're recruiting people in, you want them to know this so that they don't get in. They're not disgruntled. They're not discouraged. They're not unhappy. Or the people who it's speaks to are enthusiastic. So another point for us is um, your message. Oh, so what I was going to add to that is, so your message should match your mission. That's just my one tip. And then make yourself stand out. Our, our events are so wildly successful. We sell out in advance because we call them fundraisers. We've decided that to make ourselves stand out, 
we're not going to have keynote speakers. We have a theme every year. Everybody comes dressed up. We do a photo op. We have music that matches. And then the speaker um, of the, the night gets 10 minutes to talk about the charity. And then we start a dance party. So we have decided that we have fun, F-U-N, razors to stand out. Um, our other thing is we're called the Glitter Queen Queens. There is glitter everywhere. So find things that's going to make you stand out and your organization stand out because everybody, anybody can have a dinner and a speaker. But how are you going to stand out? Next one is, you know, be clear in your purpose. We have a very defined purpose. We are women and children families in the Tampa Bay area who are underserved. We don't do March of Dimes. We don't do big organizations. We support organizations that like the food pantry, the local arts program, uh, the sheriff's department. They have a, a branch of called Angels Against Abuse who when kids get taken out of their home, they have sheets, backpacks, and stuffed animals ready to go. They are underserved. So we're very clear in our mission. And again, that goes back to attracting the right type of people um, you know, to your organization. And so while you're clear in your purpose, you um, also want to, well, let me back up. So sorry about that. So my last point is here is, you know, things that you can do to motivate the people within your organization. So while we only have the one event annually for the, the charity, our big gala, and all the money we raise that night goes to that charity, we do things to keep ourselves motivated. Um, we have social gatherings at Christmas. We do mixers and networkings among ourselves. We, um, our mascot is a flamingo. Sunken Gardens down the road uh, adopted some flamingos or got some flamingos donated. So we went down and we adopted a flamingo. Um, we attend baseball games together, you know, just to build that spirit of community. But then we also wear our t-shirts so that the community can see us. So that keeps us engaged, you know, forming friendships and while being out in the community. So those are really the tips I wanted to give. Like I said, we are a little different, whereas in, um, we are truly a nonprofit. Um, yes, we do raise the money, like Dora Maria said, to cover our bills. And you can go to GuideStar. So that is GuideStar. And um, we raise that money all year long. We meet in living rooms. There's no overhead. We do a lot. We get a lot of things donated, but you know, everyone has a role. So Christina, I know you have a lot of activities and things you do for your, your, your nonprofit. So I just want to kind of toss it back to you, get the conversation going and open up to anyone who might have questions or comments or their experience on stage. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Lane. That was, that was awesome. That was incredible. Thank you. Um, yes. Some of the things that we are doing in, um, in our organization right now is like I said earlier, every year, um, since 2020 started planning in 2019, but 2020, we had the first on ground event. And so I decided to do a youth event, uh, every January it's called January jumpstart, January jumpstart, and so January Jumpstart 2023 is coming around. It's going to be the last weekend of January in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you click on that link, you'll see the event. Um, Tyrone Poole, uh, he's part of the BWC community. He's going to be our keynote speaker for that event. And so um, that event is designed to help the youth get started 
on the right path to get on the right track at the beginning of the year. And so um, every year that event is going to occur every uh, at the last on the last weekend every single year. And so we've had three so far um, very successful events. And um, that's how I know that I'm on the right track with this, the right path, because uh, they weren't stressful events. Everything fell in place when we, you know, when the events occurred, uh, the planning process was, was, it went smooth. And so when things go like that, I know that, that, that God is all in the midst, right? And so, uh, at these events and we had virtual events throughout COVID, you may, you know, be asking the question, well, if we, there was COVID, how did you have these events? Well, the first event was on ground January, 2020, then COVID happened in March. Right. And so I had to start planning for virtual events, um, at that point. And so I did not want to just cancel. And so I, I, the virtual events occurred 2021 and 2022, very successful virtual events. And thank God that I was a little knowledgeable in the virtual space because of my business. And so those events happened on zoom and we still knocked it out the box, still knocked it out the box. We still pretty much did everything we did, uh, like how we would do it in the, uh, the on ground events. Um, but at those events, we have mentoring sessions. We have the group mentoring sessions. We have one-on-one mentoring if needed. Um, we also have, you know, if we're in person, we have lunch, we feed the youth, right? And those lunch, the lunch comes from, the food actually comes from different organizations uh, in the area, so different restaurants. And so that first event, we had so much food, like we were like giving people food to take home. Like we, the restaurants really came through. And so people want to give back, you know, they want to help if they can. And so if you're in a nonprofit organization or, or an organization that, that, you know, you are uh, helping people and you need assistance, ask, you have to ask, you won't get, if you don't ask, uh, the answer is always no, if you don't ask, but yeah, so we, we had a lot of support. Uh, we get a lot of support from the, from the community when we have these events. We also have entertainment. We have a DJ, right? We have a DJ on ground with us when we're on ground. Uh, we had a DJ virtually when we did it virtual and the youth had a blast. They, they, they had a blast. Um, the DJ really shows up and shows out, um, because they too had to learn how to do the virtual thing as well during COVID. Right. We also have youth performances and prize giveaways. And so um, those are some of the things that we do during our events. And those, like I said, I, I keep it all the same. Um, so whatever we do on ground, we also do virtual. And so we're going back to on ground in 2023. Um, also, I mentioned that we're doing a retreat. We have we're also planning a retreat in January in Atlanta. And thank God, Dora and TM are teaming up with with me to do this because now I have two events that I'm currently planning, but uh, I'm not worried. Hey, I'm not worried. That fear is not setting in. We're going to get this done and we're going to make a difference in the lives of these youth and youth and young adults. Um, and so I want to get some shares. We want to get some shares um, from you all, from what you just heard um, from the three of us. We want to know um, your thoughts. We want to know uh, what you have going on if you're in a nonprofit sp space because we can learn from each other. So who would like to share? Good morning, ladies. This is Babs uh, Alexander, international vocal coach and the founder of Arts in Connecticut. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. 
<laughs> awesome. I I want to say thank you um so much, and I was really excited to since I'm on this long drive in New York City. <laughs> I was like, let me take time to take some listens. So I was really excited to um hear about your nonprofits and um hear what's going on. The one thing that I uh, uh, volunteers are most important. We are always at the lack of, you know, the board members. I don't know what happened during COVID, but it's like, okay, we need board members. Um, and so we're uh, always sort of trying to get things out there. And then my, that was my one thing is how, how are you obtaining board members? And then my other question to you would be, um, how long does it take you before an event? Now, because because we run arts programs all across Connecticut um, and we're doing different things, like right now I'm planning a Tiny Tots um, talent competition because there's, you know, for the ages three to five to give them a virtual opportunity to, to showcase their talents. Um, but how long does it take you to plan an event so it can be successful? I can jump in there real quick. And then Christine, I saw you on mic. Um, our event is a little different. It's annually. And we take all year because we meet once a month. But you've got to get out early, um, you know, get your theme, get your plan, get your sponsors. Um, I don't think everybody needs a whole year like we do, uh, just because we don't meet as regularly. But I mean, we sell out, like I said, 350 people um, in advance. and uh, Probably we raise about eighty thousand dollars each event, and probably forty of that comes from sponsors. So I would say that's what takes a while. And we get we have a silent auction; it takes a little while to collect the items. Um, getting board members, I'll say we had the same issue during COVID. Uh, we used to have thirty women; now we have twenty and um, or twenty-two. But anyway, I think everyone is suffering that. But that goes back to what I was saying about recruitment, and you know putting your mission out there and getting out there in the community, wear, wearing your t-shirts, talking wherever you go, having your card. I mean, it is a recruitment process. So Christina, I know you had something to add also. Yes. Um, so the way that I got my board members, um, I actually follow the laws of the state, Secretary of the State. Uh, and so with my board members, I only have to have a president, a vice president, a secretary, and a treasurer, right? And so I, I'm not, look, that's all I'm going to have right now. And so we can always add to it. Like we can get an attorney, we can get a, uh, an accountant and, and all of those. But right now I need to keep it at a minimum, um, because we're pretty much just starting out. And so, um, those are what I have. I'm following the state laws and how I selected them is when I started the nonprofit, um, I just kind of went into meditation, right? And um, to see who I needed to talk to, to come on board with me, to help me mentor the, the youth and young adults. And my, like, I, I was really led to talk, to speak to a lot of military um, because that's who I was around, right? Um, but I also was led to contact uh, a, a psychiatrist um, and a financial advisor because the youth need to know about finances. And so I reached out to the people that came to me. Uh, so I went, like I said, I went into meditation and reached out to those individuals and I don't have them on uh, the website at the moment, but I think I'm going to be adding a page with all of the mentors. Um, and so 
every single board member and mentor that I have right now, they've been with me since day one. So um, I hope I answered the question about the board member. Right now we have one, two, one, men one mentor that's on the board as a board member. Um, and then I'm the president, of course, my husband's the vice president, where we have two mentors on the board uh, serving also as a board member. And um, they are extremely helpful. And so I, went, I go by the state laws to answer your question, um, and I just uh, follow what they recommend for the board members. Um, how long it takes me to plan an event? I'm like Mary Lynn. I take the full year because I don't want to rush. I want to take my time to plan to make sure that everything is right. Um, because along with planning, you know, we have to fundraise. We got to, you know, get the funds in to pay for venue. We got to get the funds in to get the food costs. We got to get the funds in to get the prize, of what, the prize giveaways. And so uh, I take a full year so that I won't have to stress. So I hope that answered your question, Babs. Oof, I want to, I also want to in Babs. Um, the, the planning aspect is pretty comical, right? Because it ideally, ideally, it's what Mary Lynn and Christina are saying. You, you definitely need a year out to plan to want to even book the place because a lot of places are booked six months and more in advance. So the planning, the the more time you have, the better uh, you have to coordinate and move things around. And if something happens, you have time to actually address it, right? Um, with less time, you have less resources, less everything, right? But let's just say that it could, you can plan something and put something together within 24 to 48 hours if everything aligns, right? If you have the location already and you're in the space with all the players, decision makers, you can literally put an event together in that moment, but you need all those things in place, the location, the food, like if you're going to have food, it, all of the things and the invite list and making sure that you get the marketing out because what's the point of getting something ready to go and having an event ready within two hours and then not be able to market it to anybody because then nobody's going to show up. So that's the other piece about the pre-planning a year in advance is that you can send out a save the date. You can send out like, hey, we're getting closer, excited to see you at our event. And then you can start selling the tickets and whatnot. Like be ready to tickets first come first serve and it's going to be on sale on the July 1st. Like you can really like really pump people up to get to that to that moment. Um, and then about the board members, um, it really depends uh, who aligns. Like I, I just did searching on who aligns with your vision and mission, right? Like who is in line with that? And then who also has that as their goals of giving back? So for youth, I, I definitely tapped into social workers and psychologist friends that I had because I'm not that. So I want to make sure that if we have an issue or some problem, you know, comes up, I'm able to tap into that knowledge, right, um, as well. I also tapped into some doctors uh, because that way we had volunteers that would come um, in case of any medical emergencies. I had somebody that would be there volunteering their time. And guess what? There's a lot of nurses going through um, school right now that they need that volunteer time um, for their degrees and things like that. So that was another thing that I tapped into. Um, and then corporate folks like for me. Right now, it's I, I'm deeply in the engineering space. I do the science bowl for the middle school and high school. We do a lot of like mock interviews at different universities, and we do a lot of speed mentorship type of events and and workshops and whatnot. Um, I've also run part uh, parent and uh, leadership days and student leadership days. Um, so all of those they align with something. So I reach out to Scholastic, Crayola, etc. Like those or Legos. Like those are the types of companies that I reach out to. But I also tap into their affinity groups or 
um, ERGs is like the employee resource groups. Um, so depending on what the company calls them, um, you tap into those folks and you might have someone that's going to be aligning with what you're trying to do. You said you mentioned the art space. I would definitely tap into those art companies. I would tap into Michael's. I would what's the other one joanne fabrics or something like that i would tap into some of those organizations that are willing and, and make it easy for them make it like look this is what we're looking for we'd like to you know but have that conversation and tap into their diversity uh officer as well because some of those um officers are also aligned into giving back to their community as well locally and with that i'll land my plane thanks Yes, and then also I want to I want to uh, piggyback on what Dora just said. Tap into people that align with your mission. So, um, in my organization, uh, the mentors that I have, they are they are in the youth development, youth empowerment space as well. And so I didn't just pick anybody um, because I want to make sure that we are in alignment with with the mission of what we're trying to do. And so we just all came together. Uh, because we're all in that space, we all just came together and collectively, collectively, we are actually, uh, you know, making a difference for the youth and young adults. So just wanted to chime in, um, you know, and, and chime in on, on what Dora just said as well. So Babs, hope that helped. Absolutely. Thank you all, ladies. I, I, I never thought about going to the art stores that we frequent so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm going to say thanks again. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for uh, for your questions. Does anybody else want to chime in? You have a question or comment about the segment? No question. Okay, I heard somebody on mic. Christina, hi. This is Alice Peakhead. Uh, not a question specifically, but coming from the UK where I am based, I am a non-executive director of a small charity with a rather big name. It's the Tutu Foundation UK and what we do is that we work to prevent and resolve conflict. Um, we help to build peaceful communities across the UK and the way in which we do that is by partnering with uh, youth organisations specifically and our contribution is to bring the funds so it's really tapping into our own networks and ensuring that the projects that many of the young people have initiated themselves, that we support them in finding the funding for that. For example, the signature program is called the Ubuntu Roundtables. And this really evolved out of the knowledge of the South African communities who were seeking reconciliation as opposed to revenge after the overthrow of apartheid and using this amazing south african concept which has been made popular by the arch archbishop desmond tutu may he rest in love and it's really using the principles of ubuntu that we work with people or communities that have been considered um, disadvantaged we like to use the word underestimated because I think it's in building communities and in that connectedness, having that interdependence and recognising our common humanity. And I think that's really important. So I loved what you were sharing because I think Ubuntu is the basis of that. And in the Archie's words, he says that he believes a person is a person through another person. And that 
my humanity's caught up, bound up inextricably with yours. And when I dehumanise you, I inexorably dehumanise myself. And so with this philosophy in mind, a lot of the work we do is throughout the UK, um, but also a little bit like taking tea to China, that some of the work is then going back to Southern Africa as well. And I like the ideas that you've been speaking about in terms of building relationships and working with people who are aligned with what you do. And one of the things that we've done is that we've followed the Arches inspiration and we've worked with people who would perhaps ordinarily not want to work with us or work with young people. And that's one of the signature programmes where young people actually meet with the police and they speak about what's happening in their local communities and look at ways of resolving and creating even greater harmony. So. I love that you're working with young people because it is quite um, sort of glib to say that children are our future and indeed of course they are and it's whatever decisions we make now that is likely to have a lasting impact on their futures too. So thank you so much, really appreciating this segment. That sounds like... Thank you. Go ahead, oh, Marilla. sorry, I was just going to sound like I love that uh, mission and uh, it sounds like amazing work. But the thing I just wanted to tap into that is so, you know, um, poignant or important to our organization is the networking because, you know, in St. Petersburg, like I said, we're 20 women, but we tap into our network for just about everything. I mean, um, you know, even to go to employers for sponsorships, friends who have, uh, you know, car dealerships or art stores for donations and silent auction items. Uh, we, we network with our friends who maybe have a jewelry store. Um, just things like that in our neighborhood, our network in that sense, truly like Glenn says, is our net worth. And, um, I just really think that's so important, like you said, tapping into your network. And so thanks for that, Ella, because it is it is probably the foundation of what we do for sure. So thanks for that. Yes, thank you so much, Ella, um, for all that you're doing as well. And I love that you, what you said, the person is a person through another person. I love yeah. that. Uh, we need each other to thrive in this world, right? So I love that quote. The person is a person through another person. I love it. Um, thank you so much, Ella, for chiming in. Anybody else on stage? Do you have a question? Do you have a comment about the segment or a question for any one of us? Chime in. All right. Quiet stage. Quiet stage. No question, no comment. None. Do we have anything in the chat? No. Okay. So if we don't have any question, any comment, I think we had a few people come in the room. I'm going to do a quick, go ahead. I've got a question, Christina. You said you've got an event coming up. Is there anything, any support that can be offered to you from this community? Thank you, Ella. Thank you so much for asking. In the link above, um, you'll see the donation button. There is a donation button in the a donation uh, area in the link above. Uh, if you want to donate, feel free to donate whatever your heart desires. Uh, all donations will go towards the venue uh, for the event, the food for the event, everything to have a successful event. I do not charge the youth 
I do not charge for this event. This is an absolute, absolutely free event for the youth and young adults. Um, and so all of the donations will go towards the venue and everything needed to have a successful event for January and then will overflow into the July retreat. So hope that answered your question, Ella. Thank you. Good morning, uh, Christina. This is Gloria. I just want to say congratulations on your uh, nonprofit. And I'm sure that it will benefit a lot of youth. And uh, I, you're definitely a visionary and you're definitely headed in the right direction. And thanks for being an inspiration to us all. This is Gloria and I'm done speaking. Thank you so much, Gloria. I appreciate it. I appreciate that so much. Um, like I said, this came to me as I was retiring from the military and um, I just had to run with it. You know, uh, I, the fear stepped in, the fear came in and um, I got fear for a few times because I was like, okay, this is not my space, but I do know how to do events and I do know how to plan and do all of that. But this is big. But you know what? when we have those big goals those big visions that 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 are downloaded into us we have to act on it right uh we talk about fear all the time in this room face it face it anyway do it afraid and so yes gloria thank you so much um you know i still get fearful sometimes but i know that god has me doing this for a reason and i know that there's a a, a need for it in uh a difference uh, that needs to be made in the world around the world as you all can see uh iyms.world and that means we're going around the world with this thing okay we're not just going to be in one in one area we're going around the world so tap in plug in we would love to have you join us thank you so much gloria and um ella for sharing so far and if anybody else would like to uh, jump in go ahead i, I want to start uh, uh wrapping us up because uh we're coming up to the nine o'clock hour. We're gonna have Barbara Majeski coming up uh, for Lisa Copeland. So I definitely wanna make sure that the three of us get to wrap up a little bit since it's been a kind of a quiet stage. Um, please share out the room and, and ping a few people in um, as well while we're wrapping up our segment. Um, that way we can start to uh, bring up the numbers in the room again. Um, again, uh, with this nonprofit space, um, it, there's a lot that goes into this. Don't think that you have to put so many things into place that in order to have something so perfect, right? Don't do it scrappy. Like when I had the parent and uh, leadership day and the student leadership day, I did it the same day. Why? Because the parents didn't have people to babysit. And so they wouldn't come to a lot of the events because I noticed right away that they weren't showing up because they didn't have anywhere to leave the kids. So then I started doing the student leadership days and the parent leadership days. So with the parent leadership days, I set up, a, you know, it was a small agenda. Don't make it long because people's attention span is not that long. Um, I had local restaurants uh, donate snacks and food. Um, if not, then I also got the local businesses to donate money to buy the local or just buy it themselves and they can have it delivered to the community center where I was at. Um, and then I had the teachers come and talk to those parents to let them know what was going on in the school year with those kids. And then with the kids, I invited a lot of professionals that I knew in the district and I got them to come and volunteer their time. So I invited every possible uh, job that there was out there, like, you know, entrepreneurs, teachers, um, the fire, the fire department clearly stole the scene because they, everyone loved the trucks. Um, but at the end of the day, I invited every possible, you know, walk of 
like profession that I could get from the district to speak with these kids. And they had a great time. And we did a, a like a speed networking. So we had all the people with jobs on one side and all the kids on another side. And then we just had them rotate. And it was great because the kid got to talk to at least 10 different professionals and they got an idea and that cost no money. That cost me no money. It just cost me time to coordinate. And I did it in a two hour span and I had snacks at the end. So I didn't have to be committed to like a full meal for anybody. And I had to be mindful. Like people are allergic to things. You had to get gluten-free things. So, you know, you want to keep that. If you want a sweet spot to plan um, any type of uh, leadership day or things like that, do it after lunch. That way the kids, everybody eats at home and you can do it like at one thirty, two o'clock and then dismiss them at like four. That way it's before dinner. So make that two hour, uh, you know, agenda, a tight one, and then have a small break in the middle so that they can have a, a bio break. But you can have a snack if you can, if you want to, and you're able to afford it. If not, you don't even have to have a snack. You can even tell them because for the science bowl, that's what I do. I heavily do a lot of marketing for the science bowl with those kids. And I tell them, bring your own snacks like 20,000 times because, you know, we don't have the amount of uh, cash flow that we used to have uh, for these science bowls. So that's one thing that I've pushed a lot, but don't think that it takes a tremendous um, amount if you want to give back to your community and you can do something local. You know, you can literally, if you see a need that you're trying or a gap somewhere in your community, you can definitely fill it um, with the resources that the community has. And you can work with your community board. You know, a lot of them had no idea. I happened to get on the community board. I was on the Youth and Education Committee and I was like, no, 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 no. We are having conversations with the families. We, oh, they don't go to teacher and parent night. Let's meet them where they are. Let's go where they are. And we even did rounds where we would go to every church. I would wait till the mass was over. Sometimes I'd attend mass with them and I would go outside and we had conversations outside, but we met the parents where they were. We met the community where they were. And it was very, very fruitful. We had really uh, a lot of things that were going on in the community. It was going south really fast and we were able to really uplift a lot of people and change things around. So with that, I'll land my plane. Thank you, Dormarie. And that's kind of where I'm going to close everything out and kind of echo what you were saying is I've been in this space for 20 years um, and 11 of that, like I said, as a director for and as an entertainment director for a successful nonprofit. But not everyone has to be an entertainment director. Not everyone has to be a board member. Find your niche. Find what you can do to contribute. I just happen to have a lot of connections to a lot of bands and stuff like that. So that was my niche. Hey, I'll run the sound. I'll help with the, you know, find the talent and do what you can do. But, you know, we think we're helping others. But honestly, when you participate in something like this, you're really filling your own cup. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.